The NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Get started today. You'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bet. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com. Promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store to download it today. And welcome, everyone, to a Sunday night weekend recap edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. This is your host, ZB. We're recording this Sunday night. We just saw the fall of the process come crashing down. And I'm joined by Munaf. I know you're ready to go in on the Sixers, so let's jump right into it. Uh, this is directly after the game. So, Munaf, how are you, bro? What are you feeling? What do you got to get out of your chest here? Jesus Christ. Good. God bless you if you're a, a Philadelphia sports fan or even a fucking Sixers fan. I don't even know where to start. Let me get your thoughts first, and then and then I'll I'll kind of you know start ranting about what the hell I have to say about this this Doc Rivers and fucking trust the process team. Yeah, so Sixers obviously they lose Game Five and Game Seven at home to kind of collapse in this series. All credit goes to the Hawks. They took that game. You know it was hanging in the balance. Trey Young heated up in the fourth quarter. Kevin Herter gets to the foul line. Played really well defensively, but for Philly, I mean. We talked about all year. We still don't know who they are in the fourth quarter of a close playoff game offensively, and that came to bear tonight. You know, a couple Joel possessions that looked okay, but also a lot of crazy possessions. Tobias Harris missed, what, 10 twos in the fourth quarter? I mean, how many how many tough floaters is he going to miss? Um, yeah. Tough layups as well. Ben Simmons, obviously his issues uh, came up again, although he, he obviously couldn't score tonight, found a way to impact the game, and, I guess other ways he was pretty good defensively. Obviously, Trey Young played poorly, but Ben, I guess I, I, the iconic play of this game is going to be Ben with that wide open dunk and then passing yeah. to Thibault. Thibault gets fouled, only makes one of his free throws, but just an epic collapse for Philly at home. Doc Rivers on the wrong side of another playoff collapse. Um, so this doesn't look too good for him. Obviously, I mean, Joel's health is going to be kind of depending how you kind of interpret this for Philly, but yeah. Um, just, I mean, he was he was good enough to win, but just you know, they they still had no identity on the stretch and a terrible loss for the Sixers organization. And I think there is going to be real change coming in Philly this summer. Yeah, and and I knew when they immediately when they hired uh, Daryl Morey in the offseason after he left the Rockets that regardless of what happened with the Sixers this season, there was going to be a significant significant uh, roster turnover on this team and. Let's start with Ben Simmons, man. I mean, when this guy's supposed to be your second best player on your roster, and in the final two minutes, he's on the bench. I mean, he's not going to be on this roster next year. I mean, we talk about, like you just said, how he missed. They could have had James Harden. Yeah. And now, (laughs) and I bet you Miami's kicking themselves over not trading Tyler freaking hero for James Harden. 
The Sixers, I'm sure, are kicking themselves not for trade for not trading uh, Ben Simmons for James Harden. When you're acquiring a top five player in this league, you go out and make that trade, regardless of what you think about Ben Simmons. For this guy to play 36 minutes tonight, have four shot attempts, um, five points. I'll give him one credit that he, down that stretch he did a pretty good job on Trey Young defensively. Other than other than that. This guy is a liability. He should not be near a basketball court at all. I don't know what's going to happen with his career, but this guy is this he's trash. And he's probably paired up with the most overrated coach in the history of the NBA. <laughs> yeah, look, I I think that that was a very tough scene for Doc Rivers, obviously. To what I mean, he also blew that crazy lead in Game Five, right? I mean, you know, yeah. you get the win in Game Six, but coming home. Game seven at home, seven and a half point favorite. You're leading, you know, to not get that done is just a little bit, it's tough. And look, I feel bad for Ben Simmons at this point. I mean, he clearly, it's clearly in his head and you hate to see that for an athlete because he has all the talent in the world. But, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Like, remember people were saying the Sixers were demanding more from the Rockets in a Simmons for Harden swap. You know, that was how highly thought of this guy was. Yeah. And his at an all-time low kind of feels a little, pretty similar to what's going on with Chris Nath Porzingis in Dallas. Um, what did you think of Joel Embiid in this series? I mean, did he live – obviously, you know, the knee wasn't healthy, so credit to him for playing through that. But, you know, he played well tonight, 31-11, you know, made him more than half his shots, but obviously not enough to carry his team over the over the hump. So, you know, can a, Joel, can a team with Joel Embiid as their best player contend in the Eastern Conference, you know, going forward? I think 100%. Clearly, yeah, like you said, the knee was bothering. But the thing that frustrates me most about Joel Embiid, he has these stupid-ass shot fakes. When he has, He's a pretty good three-point shooter for a big man. And when he doesn't take those three-point shots that are open for him and he wants to ball fake and go down the lane and, and try to dunk it on someone or get the N1, shoot the damn ball. I mean, there's multiple times throughout this series where he's had four to five open shots from the three-point line. He's not shooting it. And then he turns the ball over. You take a look in game six and seven, eight turnovers in both each of those games, 16 turnovers from Joel Embiid. That's not going to get it done. Shoot the damn ball. You're the, you're the primary scorer on this team. You need to demand the ball down the stretch. Shoot your shots. You can make that three-point shot. Shoot the damn ball. Because Tobias Harris, I, I tweeted out, this guy is – He's anemic around finishing around the basket. I don't know what's going on with him. Eight of 24 tonight. Um, and I don't know why Seth Curry didn't get more minutes in the fourth quarter. He came back in with about seven and a half minutes left. He's your best three-point shooter. I don't know why he's not out on the floor. And it's just frustrating to me that why we keep on talking about Doc Rivers as a great head coach. The broadcast keeps on bringing up his title that he won in 2008, which was, what, 12, 13 years ago, and that that's what's making him a great coach. This guy's not a good coach. I think that Daryl Morey needs to – Elton Brand, those two guys need to clean the slate, fire Doc Rivers. This guy cannot get it done in big games. We've seen it year in and year out. We saw it with the Clippers. We saw it this year with the Sixers. He's not your answer as a head coach. Ben Simmons needs to go. I would even get rid of Tobias Harris. Start fresh. Try to build about Joel Embiid and see what happens. I mean, this is just if you're a Sixers fans, I, I as much as I as much as I'm frustrated right now, I wonder how a Sixers fan like Sean is probably feeling right now. They're probably yeah. used to it, 
But I mean, Jesus Christ, I got to watch the fucking Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I agree. Although at this point, I mean, we could talk about the Sixers all we want, but Atlanta did go out and win this series. And I, I am excited to see what they bring in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sure. I, I honestly was kind of at the point where I felt like a Sixers Bucks series would be super clunky, but I think the Bucks will kind of outmatch them. I do think, yeah. I mean, I think the Bucks are going to obviously be a heavy favorite against Atlanta as well, but I'm excited to see what Trey can do because he obviously, they have the potential to get busy offensively and kind of keep the score up where the Sixers, I think, are clearly, we saw it tonight, they're inept on the offensive end. And that was would have been a really clunky series. Um, you know, for Philly, yeah, definitely going to be a lot of overhaul in this roster. It seems like, you know, for Seth Curry, like you said, only played 31 minutes tonight. That's kind of tough. Um, and I thought it was another kind of underrated part of this game. The Sixers did go on to win when Trey Young started the fourth quarter on the bench, and the, yeah. the Hawks had like a six or seven point lead that immediately evaporated. Um, you know, we there's a quote coming in just now, Doc Rivers, on whether Ben Simmons can play point guard on a championship team, says, I don't know the answer to that right now. That is uh, – that's He's so definitely – yeah, dark times for Philly right now. Um, anything else that you want to say on the Philly side before we – I feel like we got we to give some shout-outs to the Atlanta team as well after we uh, put Philly, you know, properly in their burial position. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have for Philly. I mean um, – <laughs> It's too much bad vibes, you know. It's Sunday night. Yeah, we gotta... it's, it's really bad. I mean, geez, geez, God bless you if you're a Sixers fan. Sean, I'm feeling for you right now. Um, but Jesus Christ, this, you probably need to find a new team to root for. This is this was this was this was bad. This was really bad, really bad. And um, let's go to the other side, which was really good. And for Atlanta, yeah. you know, I, I have to admit, I questioned their decision making this offseason to kind of go all in. Look, it worked out really well. Um, this whole team is kind of just coming together. John Collins and Clint Capella buying into this really super strong kind of punchy front court. I really like what both of them are doing. Trey Young obviously didn't shoot it well tonight at all, but just enough late in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, finishes with 21 points, 10 assists, um, and, and made the plays down the stretch. Kevin Herter, 27 points, great game for him. And, yeah. you know, Gallo also off the bench needs to be mentioned, but for them to shoot seven to 27 from three um, on the road in a game seven and gut it out, I mean, I don't think we thought this Atlanta team was capable of winning a grind out road game in Philly uh, this soon, kind of in Trey Young's career arc as a superstar and he's kind of at that level right now no doubt about it if i'm trey young i'm i'm going to a car dealership and buying kevin herter and, and gallows a new car for carrying them into the eastern conference finals if i told you at the beginning of this game that trey young was going to score play 43 minutes and and shoot five of 23 from the three i'm sorry from the field two of 11 from three point land me and you both would have thought that atlanta would have gotten blown out in this game but again, give a lot of credit to Kevin Herter. He was clutch pretty much throughout this whole game. 10 of 18, 27 play, points, played 40 minutes. Gallo hit some big three-pointers, 17 points for him. Um, you know, and and Capella had had a pretty good game. He did catch some big lobs in that second half from Trey Young. Um, but again, it, it was it, it was, you know, the Kevin Herter and, and uh, Gallo show tonight. So uh, get credit. I think a lot of credit, a lot of, lot of credit has to go to Nate McMillan for what he's doing with his Atlanta Hawks team. And me and you both hit the nail on the head. I think that the coaching upgrade we've talked about time and time again, from Lloyd Pierce to Nate McMillan has been astro astronomical. And now we're seeing that Atlanta Hawks are headed to the Eastern conference Finals. So um, 
you know, shout out to the Atlanta Hawks. They went in into on the road, won game seven against a Philadelphia 76ers team, and they're headed to play uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, and and look, there's a team that fired their coach midseason. Uh, yeah. They had a lot of injuries. Like, nothing, you know, this team didn't really come together until right now on this run. You're kind of seeing this Collins. Look, John Collins, I don't think we expected him to be like a dirty work foreman but that's kind of what he's been in this series, but just been so tough. Um, he's really physical, strong. You know, I thought he played really well in this game, 14 points, 16 rebounds, um, took a charge yeah. on Embiid late. That was big. So, you know, I, I like kind of seeing him. I always thought, you know, he was kind of more of like an offensive guy. Obviously he's had the contract talks all year that he wants to get paid. He And for him to kind of just go do the dirty work in this series, very impressive kind of culture for Atlanta. Sure. Clint, Clint really good as well. Look for Clint Capella to kind of win the battle with Joel Embiid. Obviously, Embiid played better in the series, but they were talking shit all series. And mm -hmm. you know, Embiid's going home. Clint's going on to the into the conference finals where he's obviously going to have a huge role to play against Giannis at the rim. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to talk about that as well. But you know, just a huge win for Atlanta. They're definitely ahead of schedule in their rebuild. And look, Trey Young has gone farther in the playoffs than Luka Doncic ever has. <laughs> and obviously, yeah. you know, <laughs> things have opened up for them here, but. Credit to them for kind of stepping through this uh, this opening in the Eastern Conference with injuries and Joel's knee, and but uh, you know a huge win for them in this series. Um, anything else on Sixers Hawks? Should we bury that series and go to uh, Brooklyn? No, I think just last thing. Uh, if you just look at the box score tonight, I think across the board, um, Philly looked like like they dominated. If you just looked at the pure uh, box score, they out rebounded them. I think the story of the game was a turnover. 17 turnovers for the 76ers, only 10 for the Atlanta Hawks. So, um, yeah, you know, game seven's in the books. Put a ball on that, and we're headed to the Eastern Conference Finals. Sounds good. Let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and uh, talk about game seven in Brooklyn a little bit. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue and your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill, when you need to hit a reset, open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold, refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind and watch a couple of NBA games. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, coming back off the break, um, obviously another just phenomenal game seven on Saturday night between Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee ekes it out in overtime. Both teams kind of completely gassed down the stretch and yeah. um, just a, a phenomenal game. Obviously for Brooklyn, the you know, KD was just absolutely stunningly good that entire series, but ran out of gas in overtime. And I, look, I think Milwaukee flipped the switch late. That I that was the best game I've ever seen Giannis play in terms of how locked in he was. I, I was just really impressed. He was not taking no for an answer, getting to the rim. Um, actually had a pretty good free throw shooting night for him, 8 of 14, made some big mm -hmm. ones in the second half. 
and yeah. thought the Bucks really grew up in that game seven. You know, I, I don't see any shame in this for Brooklyn. Obviously, the injuries came at the wrong time. Um, yeah. Just a great series and an absolute war, and Milwaukee moves on. So your impressions of that of that series and how it closed out in game seven. Yeah, I think I kind of want to rewind and say that, you know, we all gave Kevin Durant a lot of uh, slander when he joined the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, the Brooklyn Nets. You mean? No, no. I mean, when he, when he joined the, uh, when he joined the Golden State Warriors, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm watching the Vegas Knights and they just wanted overtime. <laughs> um, so it, it, going back to when, when Kevin Durant joined the Golden State Warriors, there was so much slander on this guy that he's a snake, that he joined a team that beat him and yada, 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 and that his titles really don't count. Now he goes over to Brooklyn, joined Kyrie Irving, and for him, and we, we, we saw that, we talked about in game five where that the Brooklyn Nets needed to trade that as a game seven because if they were going to go back to Milwaukee, Milwaukee was going to win game six like we saw. For him to have that 49-point perform, performance, to kind of let the league know that I'm still one of the best players in the league was, I think, so big. And I got to give a lot of credit to Kevin Durant. And I'll, be, I'll tell you that I was probably one of the first guys to say that Kevin Durant is a little punk, that he joined the Golden State Warriors, he's a snake, and, and whatever. But, you know, this guy gave everything, everything he had in Game 7. He played the entire game, I believe, in Game 5. And he was just gassed. You saw it, man. I mean, you we, both teams were gassed. You saw it in the final minute or so where there were hands on knees and, and these guys were tired. So, Kevin Durant, you have my respect again. I mean, it just sucked that injuries took part in this in this series. And I think this was a game, game seven, where they missed having Kyrie Irving because they needed that third score, right? James Harden did as much as he could for this guy to be playing on one leg and still playing 53 minutes alongside Kevin Durant. You got to give uh, James Harden a lot of credit. So he almost had a triple double. There were some turnovers by James Harden down that stretch, which I think yeah. that kind of cost the Brooklyn Nets the game. But again, you know, for the Brooklyn Nets, you you got to give credit to Kevin Durant and some of the other guys play well, right? Blake Griffin had a pretty good game, seventeen points, eleven rebounds. But if last time, when was the last time we've seen two teams pretty much combined for like? Six points each in the in the overtime period, minus the free throws that Brooklyn was shooting at the end. So, um, you know, hats off to to the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll get to them in a second. But for the Brooklyn Nets, they're going to be fine. They're going to get their guys healthy. Kyrie will be back next season. Harden will be back next season. I'm sure they're going to be a favorite to come out of that Eastern Conference. But it was just the injuries, like we mentioned, what was was the story for the Brooklyn Nets uh, this series. Yeah, and in, in this game, look, I mean, Joe Harris, I thought also just kind of left. He, he he had a wide open three with like what forty seven seconds left to like be the dagger in that in that game. Um, you know, he had shots in both Game Seven and Game Three as well that yeah. you know could have swung this series, obviously. And he, I credit to him; he admitted as much in his post game comments, saying, you know, I need to play better. Um, and yeah, it's a tough time for. Brooklyn, I mean, I, I think they obviously would have been the prohibitive favorite if they got through. Milwaukee yeah. is, is the favorite now, of course. I think um, these were by far the two best teams in the NBA this year. Or, or sure. you know, g- given all the circumstances, I think the Clippers are up there, but if Kawhi's healthy, but given wh- where we are now, um, and yeah, just great job by the Bucks to kind of outlast them. Mm-hmm. But they all, in Middleton and Holiday, all had their different moments. Lopez, Tucker, but yeah, yeah. KD is, a, is the best player in the league, I think, going into next year. I think that's sure. kind of 
statement was made at both ends of the floor, rebounding, passing, leadership, competitiveness of KD, how much he relishes the opportunity to go against P.J. Tucker. I thought Chris Middleton did a really good job uh, as well, guarding KD, kind of really making it t- making it tough on him, and they couldn't stop him, but they, they obviously wore him down. Um, for Brooklyn, it's uh, it's a tough way to go out, just because I don't know. I, I feel I feel like that game was kind of there for them, and Milwaukee did a good job of kind of holding on, and yeah. uh, they were up what you know that that James Harden turnover on that full court attempt uh, pass yeah. to KD that was wildly wildly bad, but. Credit to the Bucs, and for Brooklyn, I think they're going to be the prohibitive favorite to come out of the East next year, prohibitive favorite to win the title next year. But as we've sure. seen this year, I mean, that stuff can always kind of be fleeting. Um, I mean, I, I also did think with this series that, and I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I feel like with Brooklyn and the Clippers as well, these kind of secondary teams in the big markets, they're mm-hmm. really earning a lot of fans and like building something in their market, you know, for Brooklyn, like you, you said it, KD earned your respect. Like KD left it all out there in a Brooklyn uniform. That yeah. building actually got louder throughout the playoffs. We saw, you know, in that game six against uh, with between Clippers and Utah, how Terrence Mann, that moment with Kawhi out facing adversity, you know, Brooklyn faced adversity as well. We saw Staples Center going crazy for a Clippers game. Like I, yeah. I do think that we, we that it's been nice to see kind of the Clippers and the Nets in these markets where the Knicks and Lakers are eliminated in the first round, kind of starting to build something. And I think both teams facing some adversity and rising up against that played mm-hmm. a big part in that. I don't know if you, if you th- uh, noticed that or think anything of that. Yeah. And I think we next season, when we see the arenas full again, especially in the playoffs time where the crowds are going to be loud, I think, that was a part that we were missing in the playoffs this year because, you know, I think up until now, most of them probably back at hundred percent capacity, but we didn't get to see that all throughout the playoffs. And I think next yeah. season when it's all full, you'll in, we'll be able to enjoy the fan experience and the, and how loud it can get. We saw that in Philadelphia tonight where there were several times when we were even watching the game that there was a whistle that was blown and we couldn't even hear it on, on TV. So um, you know, for markets like Milwaukee, I think that if they get to the NBA Finals, um, it's going to be big for their fan base, right? That, and I think for the morale of of Giannis getting to the finals, saying, "Hey, that I signed this big contract, we still have a good team that we will able to get to the possibly getting to the NBA Finals and winning it." That I think that mentality kind of changed because I think that if maybe he would have lost this season and if they didn't get to the finals next season the narrative might change in Giannis's head that he might want to get traded from Milwaukee but um again like you said credit to Milwaukee Bucks um you know there were moments I mean the shooting stats weren't there right they're not going to be there in a game seven because the defensive intensity is always so much up but like you said Drew Holiday had his moments where he knocked down a couple big three-point shots Chris Middleton when the Nets were responding to the runs of the Milwaukee Bucks um Chris Middleton on the other end of the offensive side hit some big shots for them also. So um, I think a question for you is that that I have for you is going forward now into the Eastern Conference Finals is we were expecting to see a lot of points between these two teams. We kind of got that in game seven. Do you think that in the Eastern Conference Finals, what we saw from the offense of the Milwaukee Bucks in the regular season is what we're going to finally see in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hawks, because we saw it on full display against Miami, what this offense is capable of 
it was kind of sputtered against the Nets, but now going into the Eastern Conference Final, do you see the Bucks getting back to who they were in the regular season as an offensive team? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that on paper, the matchup is there, but I, I feel like the Hawks kind of are like a tough, gritty team. I, I don't really see the Bucks totally getting loose, right? Like they still didn't really totally get loose in that game against the, in that series against the, the Nets at all. Yeah. Um, they still kind of played tight. And, you know, I think they'll have, I think they will be, there'll be more, much more freedom in that series. But then again, like the Nets aren't like a defensive, like, you know, defensive juggernaut or anything. And, the Bucs sure. couldn't score against them, so we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, but, you know, any other thoughts on the Nets? Or let's take a quick break and then look ahead of, Look ahead to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, let's move, uh, go to a break. All right, sounds good. Let's a quick break here. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Get the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out of teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket on PropSwap can be purchased and resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadiens future for 45 bucks when the team was down 3-1 against the Leafs. A few days later, he flipped it for 600 bucks. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win. It only needs to improve. Think stock market for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. Last but not least, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break. So let's uh, let's just talk right real quick. Final four: Suns, Clippers, Hawks, Bucks. I feel like there's a lot of people saying that there is parity out there um, uh-huh. between these four teams, or at least between the three teams other than the Hawks. I think that the Bucks are a massive favorite to, to win win the title at this point. If, if Kawhi's knee doesn't doesn't turn around magically, I, I would be stunned if the Bucks don't win a title. Is that am I on an island there, or do you kind of uh, agree that? I think I'm going to join you on this Milwaukee Bucks island that you've been on all season. That they've been a real good team. I think I think this is the Milwaukee Bucks title to lose. Depending on what happens with Kawhi's, and I know we'll get to Western Conference here in a little bit, but depending on what happens. From Kawhi Leonard's ACL injury, we don't know what the severity of it is right now, and um, it almost seems like this Eastern Conference Final is going to be like a Big Brother Little Brother matchup where the I'm I'm kind of zooming out and looking at. It, I feel like Milwaukee should be able to get whatever they want against the Atlanta Hawks, and I know that the Hawks are a gritty team. They just beat the Sixers. They beat a great defensive team in the New York Knicks. But now you're going up against the Milwaukee Bucks, who the matchups, I think the X's and O's and the matchups of who's going to be guarding Giannis. And, uh, and another question for me will be, can Drew Holiday guard Trey Young? Will they be able to find a way to shut him down and make somebody else beat him? So, and I think another concern for us, or for sorry, for Atlanta is going to be uh, the knee issue with Bogdanovich because he didn't play much tonight and he yeah, didn't play yeah. much in that fourth quarter. So. And DeAndre Hunter's already down for them. Yeah, so I think those are the kind of the three questions that I have, you know, kind of to discuss in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so 
Look, I, I think I think the Hawks can push the Bucks for sure. I, I think that series uh, goes six or seven games. I think the Bucks do get it done, but I just think that you know at this point the Bucks are are definitely the the best team remaining in my eyes. Um, yeah. You know, let's look at this Bucks Hawks series a little bit. Do we have a season season series matchups? Uh, let me pull that up here. Yeah, let me try to see if I can find it. I was trying to see if a series price had dropped by now. For I haven't uh, seen it. I haven't seen a series price yet. Okay, let me see if uh, let, let's see here for. Milwaukee versus Atlanta. So two yeah, Milwaukee's two and one with a one twenty nine one fifteen victory at home. Yep, a one twenty one oh nine victory on the road, and then a one eleven one oh four victory yep. for the Hawks uh, at home. So two and one. Uh, we got probably looking at a little bit more, but um, you know, I think the, the Bucks are going to be a pretty sizable favorite here. Maybe uh, like a minus three hundred or something like that. I would think so. I know one of these books are pretty good about dropping series lines right away, but I do see a game one line already posted for this game. It's a minus seven and a half for the Bucks. <laughs> I kind of like Atlanta there. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know really where I'm coming down in this series. So let's kind of look at the matchup. Obviously, Drew Holiday on Trey Young is going to be really fun to watch at the point guard yeah. position. That's going to be a super important matchup for the series. Look, if Drew can lock up Trey, which I think he's capable of doing, um, that's going to take off the head of the snake for Atlanta. They won't have much else. Um, you know, if you're the Hawks, who do you have guarding Giannis? Who do you have guarding Middleton um, in this in this series? I think John Collins is going to. God, I think I, John I, Collins has to match up on Giannis, right? Yeah, I I, I kind of like that. I, I like what John Collins has shown defensively so far in these playoffs. Yeah, and I did a really good job on Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius Randle, and he did he did pretty well on Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, even to now it's an example where he can draw those charges um you know especially with a guy like Giannis that likes to get down the floor and get into the paint and 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 dunk the ball or lay it up whatever so I think that opportunities are going to be there for uh John Collins to be a great defensive matchup for Giannis um I think for me I think the series is going to really I think well let me rewind to talk about your guy PJ Tucker who do you think he's going to be matched up on I don't know. I mean, I, I guess JC. I mean, they don't. I feel like it's not a big PJ Tucker series. Um, it's not because like yeah. he can't he can't guard obviously Trey Young because he will just smoke go right by him. So that Drew Holiday and Trey Young matchup, I think, is going to be the one. I think deciding factor in this series that if they're able to kind of neutralize Trey Young, um, I, I think that the Bucks could get this done in five or six games, honestly, and. If I think the, def, the the defensive abilities of the Milwaukee Bucks are far superior of the Philadelphia 76ers, and they have guys that can guard their great two-way players. Just like we said, Chris Milton did a good job on Kevin Durant. You have P.J. Tucker, who's a versatile guy. You have Drew Holiday, Giannis. These are all great defensive players. So they're going to probably try to make guys like Gallo or Kevin Herter or John Collins and Kim Capella those are the type of guys that they're probably going to make them beat you if they can against the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Milwaukee Bucks team. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they they really need Bogey to be healthy. I think you need a, just you need as much spacing as possible. Keep these guys out in the perimeter, and then if they have Brook Lopez on the floor, look, I mean, Trey Young is going to be able to get to his spots and pick and roll if Brook Lopez is on the floor. He's just you know we saw that with the Nets getting Brook Lopez out on the floor all day. He wants to sit back in the paint. Trey Young will obviously have the floater. He'll have the lob to Capella, but I think you need bogey and her are kind of anchoring this defense keeping everything spaced out for trey because drew holiday if it's in tight space is going to be able to be physical with him and kind of make him uncomfortable so for that i think you know i think the bucks can still go small in this series like you can just put Giannis on capella 
Um, I don't, I don't think that's much of a mismatch there. Um, yeah. You know, PJ on JC, I think they can, they can still go small. So I think that'll be a, a big part of this series is can the Bucks play Brooke Lopez as much as they want to? Do they even need to play him as much? Um, and then for the, for the Hawks, I mean, I, I like that you have, you, you can have uh, Capella and John Collins on the floor at the same time. Defensively, yeah. the rim's going to be pretty well protected. Obviously, Middleton, you know, I think he'll have a good good matchups across the board uh, in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for Drew. I mean, Drew can obviously pick on Trey, post up Drew on Trey, get Middleton on Trey. I mean, we'll see if they can really take advantage of Trey Young in this series. And look, there hasn't really been a matchup for the for the Hawks yet where they've gotten exposed. Like, um, the neither the Knicks nor the Sixers really have a go-to perimeter scorer who you can just try to get Trey switched on and attack him. Everyone was begging for the Knicks to do that, but like it's not yeah. that easy. Obviously, if the Nets right. fa- if the Nets faced the Hawks, it would they would have been cooking Trey all day. I think Middleton and Drew can kind of try to do some of that. You know, they're probably the best guards that the Hawks have seen, maybe other than uh, I guess Ben Simmons, but but Ben, ben, ben Simmons does not uh, qualify as an ISO scorer. So I, I look look to see that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Bucks get this done. I think that the Hawks are just a tough team, though. I think at home. Um, so it, it, it's seven and a half in Milwaukee. I guess it's gonna be a similar series uh, odds to what we just saw. Uh, you know, Bucks. You know, minus seven and a half at home. That was the closing line tonight, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm seeing a, a series price right now at one of the books in Vegas. Um, uh, Milwaukee minus 400 uh, coming back Atlanta plus 330 on the series price. Uh, I mean, I I think I think it's Milwaukee, but it's tough to at minus 400. You can't. Yeah, really. yeah at minus 400. You can. I mean, I, and look, I, I think maybe a win game one and win series or one of those, you know, series spreads type bets. But yeah. Um, what is your official team and number of games prediction? Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Milwaukee to get it done in six games. I don't. I, I really don't see this series getting to seven games. Um, Milwaukee maximum six. I think they could get it done in five, but I'll, I'll go Milwaukee in six. I'm gonna go Bucks in six as well. I think mean, that yep. sounds about right. And it's it feels like a six game series. And look, they're still gonna be favored in these games on the road. Um, I think that. Uh, uh, I mean, so do we think it's 2-2 two, two after four? Because, I, I mean, I, if it's 3-1 Milwaukee after four, they're going to close it out in five. I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to go with Bucks in five. Okay. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that way also. But I think that one, one thing we also have to remember is that, especially coming off of this big ruling series and seven games. Yeah, the games Bucks are going to be exhausted. I mean, the, both teams are going to be exhausted. Yeah, but the thing is the Bucks now get three or four days off also. Yes, true. Right? Great point. So I, I think they'll be well-rested and, you know, they had today off tomorrow. I, I think they get kicked off on Wednesday. So for three full days off after that big, I think that's just huge for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'll, I'll probably be looking to play Milwaukee uh, in game one. I know it's a big number, but them being at home, game one, Eastern Conference Finals, three days rest. Uh, Atlanta might be still feeling themselves after getting that game seven victory against the Philadelphia 76 or so um, game one for me right now, until I dig more into, I do kind of like Milwaukee in game one. Yeah. And I think for Milwaukee also, they can kind of get back more to kind of there. Like, I feel like they're going to be much less stressed out and yeah. they can kind of play some of their bench. They can get Portis back in there, Compton, yeah. in Bryn Forbes. They're yeah. going to be able to kind of play their game. They're not as yeah. fearful as like, okay, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to punish any weak player on the floor. Um, so yeah. I think they'll be able to kind of play more in their style. So looking forward to the series, though. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Atlanta can do. Um, 
I think, you know, a Sixers Bucks conference finals on paper looks much better, but I think we've, <laughs> we, like, like we said, we've seen enough of the Sixers team and I, I, I didn't not want to watch seven more games that I'm ready to see Atlanta kind of what they can do. And uh, I would not be surprised if the series does go six or seven. I'm going to pick bucks in five. Um, but, yeah. but, uh, Look, I mean, I think we're going to see what the Bucks have in them. They obviously kind of that that net series was kind of the hump they had to get over. Now, do they yep. tighten up because they're so close, or do they kind of coast to the finish line because they kind of conquered their demons? Be interesting to see in that game one. We'll will tell a lot. Um, let's shift over to the Western Conference. Uh, I did not catch this game today. Suns Clippers. Um, Suns go up one zero. Devin Booker triple double your impressions of this game one and this series obviously got to start with Kawhi, the knee not much news has come out but it's not looking great miss game one pretty uh you know easily and then chris paul um coming down with uh covid so yeah. i hope he's doing okay but just absolutely crazy sequence of events there and now we're here with uh, the sun's up 1-0 yeah um i kind of want to rewind and i just want to shout out uh, just from the utah series to the role players of the uh, LA Clippers or what they were what they yeah what they were able to do without Kawhi Leonard both in games five and six. I mean Terrence Mann, uh, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, along with you know Paul George, had played to the All Star level that he needed to in the absence of Kawhi Leonard. But the other guys really did step up in his absence. So shout out to those guys. To those guys. Um, as far as game one here. Um, I did like Clippers in this game. I, I thought not having Chris Paul was going to be a big factor for the for the Phoenix Suns, but Devin Booker came out and proved that he is one of the superstars in this league, and he's, again, putting this league on notice that he can be a top 10 player in this league. And for him to go out and drop a 40-point triple-double was, was huge for them. And, you know, DeAndre Aiden, again, 20 points for him. You got great contributions up and down that starting rotation, uh, starting starting lineup for the Phoenix Suns. Every single guy was in uh, double figures. They shot the three ball well, 40, close to 41%. Um, and then on the flip side, I, I think the Clippers, they were in this game up until that final couple minutes there. I know that I think they maybe ran out of gas in that fourth quarter. Um, they had the lead, I think, going into the fourth quarter, but the Phoenix Suns at that point and Devin Booker County took over. And um, I, I thought that this was a game, the Phoenix Suns needed to get more than the, more yeah. than the LA Clippers, because yeah. we've seen the Clippers in both of their first two rounds being down. Oh, two and came back and won the series, but the circumstances are a little bit different now without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. This series definitely feels like one where you don't need it. You shouldn't overreact to one game at home because like, I feel like this can be maybe a long series. And the Clippers are mm -hmm. battle tested at this point. Like they're yeah. not shook at all by going down one Oh at home, you know, series yeah. series doesn't start until someone wins in the row, but for the Clippers, I mean, don't forget they played what 36 hours prior to tip. I mean, yeah. And, and then what well, probably the biggest, biggest win in franchise history coming off that, I think you got to be kind of encouraged by this performance um, out here you know, to have a chance and play well offensively. Obviously, Reggie Jackson, another really big game for him. He's kind of coming up as the Robin to Paul George. Another mm -hmm. really good game for Paul George. The so 34-5-4, yeah. and four, two steals and a block. Uh, you know, not that efficient, but I'm loving the Paul George redemption tour and kind of him burying some of his demons from, from prior playoffs. And 
Yeah, Suns go up 1-0. You know, it's a nice-looking box score for them. Obviously, the huge game from Book. DeAndre Ayton, 20-9. and nine. Yep. Um, Covered a spread, which was four for game one without CP3 and obviously without Kawhi as well. Um, total goes over. So, they, mm. this this shaping out to be a long series. What what was kind of your instant instant uh, pick before game one and had that changed at all after game one? Yeah, actually, I wrote an article this morning um, for the Western Conference uh, Finals preview over on our website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And I, like I mentioned, I thought that not having Chris Paul was going to be a more of a factor than it was tonight. We still don't know how long he's going to be out. I'm guessing probably another game here uh, in game two. Yeah. And, and I, I talked about how I thought the Phoenix Suns, and I'm not discrediting what they've done. I mean, they were absolutely dominant in these first two rounds, but they did take on two teams that were kind of rattled by injuries. And we, yeah, it is part of the game that it's not their fault that they played these teams that had injuries. But now you're also going up against a Clippers team that might not have Kawhi Leonard for the rest of the playoff series. So, um, and I, I was, I'll be, I'll say, I'll be the first one to say that I was wrong about Game One, and I thought that Clippers would come out and take care of business, or at least steal Game One here. But you know, this Phoenix Suns teams, man, they're 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 a gritty bunch, man. Yeah. They they can knock down three point shots. Um, the role players, again, we talk about how important role players are, especially in the playoffs. Their guys really got it done today from Jay Crowder to Mikel Bridges, um, you know, Cam, Cam John, uh, sorry, Cameron Payne who was starting in place of Chris Paul. He had a great game, nine assists for him. So a plus 14 uh, in the box score for him. Yep. And the two, two guys off the bench, Cam Johnson was a plus 14 and Tory Craig plus 18. So, um, you know, when you know one of your, your second best player or and you're kind of your, your leader in the clubhouse is is out for the game. Guys tend to step up, and they did tonight. So I'm still going to stay with the Clippers in six. Um, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat from our man McKee and, and Jeff Fox, but um, there's something about this Clippers team that when they face adversity, that you have a coach like Ty Lue, that he'll make the adjustments um as the series great, goes along great great uh coaching matchup here between monty and then tyloo and tyloo yeah so i think one thing to definitely keep an eye on is what we hear about Kawhi leonard's knee if he's going to be yeah. back or not i'm banking on the fact that he won't be back but uh i will i like i said i won't be surprised if the phoenix suns do end up winning the series though yeah and uh I was going to say, I mean, I think the, the Kawhi CP3 variable is uh, obviously, you know, a huge one. I think for the Clippers, uh, you know, they, they're going to have a long time in this series. And Ty Lue, I keep banging the drum. I think Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the NBA. And for him to go out and knock down Rick Carlisle and Quinn Snyder back-to-back, yeah. who are, you know, the quote-unquote, like, hyper-intellectual coaches, um, I, would, I just love to see it. And Ty Lue goes down 2-0, and he is just lethal with these adjustments. I think mm-hmm. I saw he's 12-1 and in games to close out a series um, in his career. Um, just super impressive stuff. And Paul George as well keeps saying that again. I mean, bear, definitely leaving the Pandemic P nickname in the past as yeah. he w- won that game. And, and like I said, probably the biggest win in Clippers history. Um, I'm going to go with – ah, It's tough. I, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think if Kawhi comes back, I think the Clippers get this series done. If he doesn't, I'm going to go Suns and seven. Um, yeah, you know, I guess that that's kind of a lame prediction. I'll I'll go Suns and seven. Um, okay. With this series, that 
just about anything else you have on this series or other things that you wanted to get off your chest tonight? Yeah, uh, just quickly for this series. I know this uh, series price opened up at uh, minus 200 for the Phoenix Suns and Clippers getting plus 55 on the way back. Uh, where do you think this has adjusted after game one? Um, if you were a book, where do you think you would uh, – where would you make the price? I would, bar- I would barely move it. <laughs> You think so? one. Yeah. What, yeah. So right now happened? I'm seeing on DraftKings the Clippers are at plus three forty to win the series. Plus three forty. I think yeah. that, that's definitely a take for me. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I already I had already put some on Clippers to win the series that when when it was at a, at a book I found it at plus one seventy five. But I think I'm going to add some more at the plus three forty after game one. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I know we have a lot of coaching stuff that's going on, but I think we will get to that later in the week. I think this was more of an instant reaction after what happened this weekend. Yeah, it was a big weekend, um, and obviously no games tomorrow or Monday night. Obviously, this will drop probably Monday morning. Yeah. Um, we're back Tuesday night, so I think we'll have Titus back this week. So, yeah. look, the game's still going to be coming back every other night starting Tuesday, so looking forward to that. Um, definitely looking forward to the day off tomorrow. Um, For sure. You know, it was a, it was a cr- great, crazy weekend of games. Um, that Nets-Bucks game was obviously an instant classic. Another really good game tonight. That Clippers win was an instant classic. Um, so just an awesome weekend. Moon up your predictions for these two series and the champion uh, at, at this at this juncture. Okay, so let's go. Uh, like you said, I'll go Milwaukee in six. I will go Clippers in. God damn. Uh, I'll go Clippers in seven. Clippers in seven, and then we'll. God, it's just it's it's hard to predict without like Kawhi Leonard's. What we know yeah. about Kawhi Leonard, yeah. um, you know what? I'm gonna go. For, I'll, I'll change this. I know an article today. I put Clippers in six, but update. I'm gonna go Phoenix in seven, and then I will <laughs> update. Go, yeah, update, update. Sorry guys, if you bet, but I'm gonna go. I know I just said I'll take Clippers at plus three forty right now, but that's pure value bet. I'll say Phoenix gets this done in seven. I'll go Milwaukee in six. And then I'm going to go Milwaukee to win the title in uh, – let's go six games. Milwaukee yeah, in six to win the title. Phoenix would have home court against Milwaukee. Um, yeah. I think Milwaukee would have home court against L.A. Right. Um, I'm going to go yeah, I'm gonna go Bucks in five, in a, in a very competitive five. <laughs> Suns in seven. And I'm going to go Bucks over Suns in six as well. I am – very happy to have three. I, mean, I have Suns, Clippers, and Bucks in the in the futures portfolio. So the only way go. I'm losing on that is if Hawks, uh, if the Hawks uh, pull it out, which I do not expect to happen. So there will be no hedging uh, whatsoever. I obviously don't need to in the West, but lost the Mavericks from that forty to one, but got to this point unscathed. So uh, excited about that, and I'm excited to see how this goes. Obviously. It's we we will talk about this more as we progress to the playoffs, but very yeah. interesting final four for the NBA and kind of the superstar era. You have some new players. You have Chris Paul. I mean, someone's getting a ring that you know is getting their first ring, right? Uh, yeah. Whether it's Paul George, uh, mm-hmm. Kawhi is really the only one we've seen do this before. Um, I mean, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Giannis, uh, yep. Drew Holiday. Um, so it's going to be exciting, and there is a 
larger conversation about, you know, media and whether or not the Lakers or the Knicks should be here and stuff like that, you know, big market, small market. And we will be talking about that all the rest of the way, but I'm just excited for the basketball. going to be two really good series here. Um, lots to bet on, obviously. And we'll be back uh, breaking down the games all week, keeping you guys updated on the series price, off-season news. Um, so going to be a big week. Thank you guys for listening. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate, and review to this show. This is the NBA Gambling Podcast. Also, subscribe, rate, and review to all the shows on the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Check out those. Check out uh, – sportsgamblingpodcast.com for written articles. Munaf, you said you had a Western Conference preview. Definitely still some good stuff in there, so check that out. Um, And then check out our Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Best way to uh, interact with all the Dudgeon Nation. Um, Munaf, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824, usually posting my NBA and MLB plays on my Twitter account. There you go. Uh, what are you uh, watching right now to close out the uh, the week? <laughs> oh, I think everything's done. Uh, baseball's done. I'm just watching the. Uh, I was watching the TNT, and then I just flipped over to Sports Center. But uh, it's been a long week. It's I been a long week. Go, I'm tired. Probably should go spend some time with my wife and uh, get some rest. <laughs> I don't know NBA, but I think we. I still have MLB tomorrow, so the work never stops, right? Yeah, it was a, and happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Uh, yes. Follow me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Really fun episode, really fun weekend, and we are down to the final four. So the NBA season winding down. Who would have thought the Suns and the Hawks would be here? The Clippers <laughs> and Bucks, maybe we did expect, but just awesome stuff. And uh, we'll be back the rest of the week. So have a good one, everybody. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.